Hey, welcome to another episode of Afikra Quartertones, our podcast all about music from and of the Arab world. My name is Mikey Mhenna, and our very special guest today is the Sudanese rapper, singer, and songwriter Nadine Al-Rubi. Her EP is coming out this Friday. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you check out her music online. Thanks so much. Welcome everyone to another episode of Quarter Tones. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Our very special guest is Nadine Al-Rubi, who is a singer, songwriter, and rapper based in Cairo. She is an aspiring Sudanese artist. Through her music, her dream is to hopefully expand the understanding of what it means and looks like to be an Arab Muslim woman. She hopes that anyone who listens to her work walks away feeling better about themselves and inspired to do what they love. I'm so thrilled to welcome you, Nadine, to the Quarter Tones podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely introduction. I love everything you guys stand for. It's really an honor to be here. Thank you. So I want to ask you a question. Um, let's start with um, 12-year-old Nadine. First of all, let me ask you a question. Do you have older siblings? No, I'm the eldest. So what music did your parents love listening to? When you were a kid, what music was on in the house? So basically, my mom was always listening. Like, it depended on her mood, but she was listening to, like, a lot of soft rock. So, like, the Eagles, some Lauryn Hill, the Fugees, uh, a lot of Celine Dion, right? Um, Mariah Carey, Sade, like, these kinds of artists. But she had these moments where she would, like, clean the house, right? Like, every weekend was cleaning the house day. And that's where we Arabic tune. So I was also listening to, like, a lot of Nasi from like, Amadiyah growing up and stuff. But... It was it never really hit as deep, you know. Um, and my dad is a house DJ, so I, I grew up listening to a lot of house through him as well. Really? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um deep underground house DJ, like really cool stuff. So I heard a lot of like soulful kind of dance tracks growing up. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like never really I had my a, a separate music thing from my parents. Really, I was listening to different stuff than them. I mean, I hear a lot of I hear a lot of uh, Fuji's and the score in your in your music for sure. No, I really appreciate that. That's definitely like the the dream is to make you know more kind of timeless classic stuff. So I appreciate that you said that. So if I if I was speaking to twelve year old Nadine and I was telling her that you know in a, in about ten days your first EP is coming out and it sounds like you know it sounds like Lauren Hill and it sounds like uh, Erica Badu would you would that twelve year old girl say no way that's not what I'm doing you're wrong I feel like twelve year old me would be mad confused you'd be just like what what's an EP like what is making music like. Do- I didn't even know that you could do that. That was like not even, I mean, I always wanted to do art at that point. Like, but I think I was at that point, I was more in the scope of like acting. I never really saw myself as being a singer. So that would definitely be shocking. Oh, so when you were, when you were a kid, you were more interested in, in acting? Yeah, for sure. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that change? When did you think, start to begin to think about yourself as a musician? That changed around like 20, 2018, I mean, I, I still want to do that. Like acting is still very, very much in the realm of like what I want to be doing. Uh, and it's definitely something I'm going to be moving to America actually at the end of this month, inshallah. So that's definitely something I'm going to look to pursue while I'm there as well. But it changed around 2018 when I was like, oh, okay. I actually really like expressing myself this way. And it felt like something that I could do that would encompass all the artistic mediums that I love, like film and acting and, you know, 
Cool. Who who are some of your favorite, uh, you know, what were some of your favorite films growing up? Oh my gosh. Okay. So basically I am obsessed with like mafia gangster films. So anything like Martin Scorsese is my jam. Like I love to snow, I love Scarface. I know that's not Martin Scorsese, but like father movies, obviously um, Mean Streets. I love, you know, a lot of Quentin Tarantino films as well. Like, you know, just really like cool gangster. So it's interesting. I was wondering if you're going to say Scorsese and I was wondering if you're going to say Tarantino because both of them, I have iconic soundtracks, have iconic, like sort of massive taste in music and their the sonic element of their films are as important as the visual element. And I feel like the visual element of your music is as important as the sonic element. Um, so that makes sense to me. Thank you. I'm glad you see it that way. I appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about, um, about Cairo. So let me ask you a question. Do you think you could be making the music that you're making right now if you weren't based in Cairo? That's a really good question. And the answer is yes, because all those songs, the songs that are on my EP, are, have, were actually written like way before I ever came to Cairo. Where were um, you before? I was in Sudan. So I wrote all okay. those songs. And I guess like then you could ask, well, would you have been able to write the songs if you mm -hmm. weren't? Like, you know, what's crazy is I genuinely feel like I'm not so much driven by my external environment as I am by like my internal environment, if that makes sense. So definitely some of the stories that I tell in my music are inspired by like things that I've seen and experienced on the side of the world. Like I have this one line on a song, on a song called Say So, where I'm like, there's mud dripping from the faucet, city and dust like it's been forgotten. And that's very much about Sudan, right? Like we would have times where like the water would cut and you'd open the faucet or like the tap and you would literally just see like brown mud just like dripping out. I never understood yeah. what that was, but it just felt like an experience that was so unique to where I grew up in Sudan. Uh, so yeah, stuff like that, I probably wouldn't be able to write unless I experienced it and lived it. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, cause I feel like when, if somebody heard your music just on the radio, right. Um, somebody who likes hip hop, let's say, um, I feel like they would hear more like Rhapsody than they would like what they think Sudanese music sounds like. And that's obviously that's obviously a product of their own limitations of what they think Sudanese music sounds like. But I wonder if you think, oh, yes, my name is Nadine and I'm making Sudanese music. Not at all. Not at okay. all. And I, and I love that you asked that because I feel like it is such um, like, how do I put it? It's there's no box to it. Right. Like I. When I hear when I hear the word Sudanese music, I also just you know traditionally think of like music that was created in Sudan by Sudanese like musicians that has like a very specific kind of sound and style to it. Yeah, but you don't think Odyssey? I don't think Odyssey, right? But yeah. I love I love that we're now expanding that definition. You know, yeah. I don't think that there's any reason to be boxed in, and I I feel personally as a Sudanese person making music that might sound more like American hip hop, but carries the stories and identity of where I'm from. I think that's like a really cool kind of like hybrid, you know? So I think yeah. I would like for people to see it as like, Oh, Sydney's artists, Sydney's music. That'd be sick. So cool. Um, 
Okay, I want to talk a little bit about the album that's coming out before we, uh, before we listen to three of the interludes. Mm-hmm. Um, so explain to, your, explain to your 12-year-old self, what is an EP and what is this album? Okay, so 12-year-old me, an EP is a, it's like a smaller version of an album. So it's like a collection of like, you know, uh, two to seven songs, really. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just like a small project. And what was the other, the other <laughs> description I had to share? Like, what is, it, what is this, uh, what's the EP about? All right, okay, so it's called Triplicity. And... Triplicity is another word in astrology for element, right? So, you know, you have fire, water, earth, air. And I'm super into astrology and super like into the elements. I love the idea of um, just like the zodiac. And I find so much comfort in seeing characteristics of myself reflected in different like star signs. I think it's a super cool like system. Uh, And it's just basically the concept of the EP is understanding that we encompass every element of like the zodiac just as one person right i think we all have a little bit of fire in us a little bit of earth air water um and it's just about accepting all sides of ourselves and seeing all sides of ourselves for like who we truly are and yeah just making it one whole person i think that's important so cool um okay cool speaking of triplicity so let's listen to one of the first uh, songs um, on the on the EP, and you selected a song called "Gravity" um, as one of them. So, before we listen to this, do you want to say anything about it? Yes, I would love to. So, "Gravity" is one of my favorite tracks on the EP, and uh, this is the track that for me represents um, air. Right. So, the whole concept of it. Is and I can like you know what's so fun about writing is like I just completely like I don't even sit down really and think of a concept. This kind of just came to me. And I was just like writing without really understanding what I was saying. And then I like listened to it afterwards and I'm like, oh, I'm talking about meditation. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about that feeling where like you're it's both meditation and also being in this space where like I find that my biggest breakthroughs and my biggest chapters of elevation in my life where I learn something and I'm growing happen through like the darkest times, right? It happens through like times where I feel like I'm really being pulled down. I feel like I've hit rock bottom. You know, I, I don't know where to go from there. And then like I meditate in that moment or like I kind of breathe through it. And I realize that that moment is actually pulling me up and helping me kind of like rise above like the material world and understanding that you can always transcend darker times into like light, you know, not to sound cheesy. Yeah. No, sound cheesy. Go for it. I support. <laughs> okay. Let's listen to a little bit of gravity for those who can't see the screen. This is actually on Nadine's SoundCloud. So let me make sure you can hear us. Actually this Friday. So yeah. So this Friday, which is October 21st, right? Okay, let's listen to a little bit of it. Divinity is 
So good, Nadine. <laughs> what does it feel like to listen to it? Um, yeah. How does it feel listening to it around other people? It feels great, honestly. I like, it's very rare for me to be proud of a song. Um, I'm super, super, super self-critical. I'm sure like most people are, right? We're always our worst critic. But I like, I just love, I just love this track so much. I love what it stands for. Like, I love, um, I'm very proud of the writing personally. And um, it's like the only track on the EP where I'm just like completely singing, no rapping. And I always love being in that bag because I think ever, ever since I started, you know, doing more kind of like rap music, I think that's what people mostly expect from me. Um, but which is funny because I actually really started out just like writing kind of ballads like this, you know. So, yeah, yeah. thank you guys for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. When was when was this written? When was the first version of Gravity written in your head? Oh, that's such a good question. First version of Gravity. Honestly, so basically I had written it over a YouTube beat like two years ago or something in Sudan, two and a half years ago maybe. And then when I came to Egypt, I met Kubara, Ahmed Kubara, who's an incredible Egyptian producer, DJ, composer, um, 
happiness. Like he is just amazing. And we met and I told him I had all these songs that were on YouTube beats. And he was like, yo, let me reproduce the entire thing for you. So we like, for me, the final, the, the version that I really loved even more than the YouTube beat was when he just like laid down those keys and like made the beat. And then he, he like, dude, he turned into like a whole Mahaganoth thing. Like you heard the era kind of like rhythm. Yeah, for different. sure. It's all sick. I love it. Very proud. Well, cause it's so interesting because the production on the song is really unique, right? Um, the drums, the drums in the beginning are like really sparse and sort of, um, have this interesting, interesting pattern going on. And it feels like they interplay with what, what you're doing vocally really effectively. So it's almost, it's, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that that vocal is paired to a completely different, uh, completely different beat entirely at some point. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I, and it's so cool that you pointed out because it just, I just think it goes to show how malleable music can be and how much it can change, you know? And like, that's an important point because I feel like producers are hella slept on, you know what I mean? Like a beat can really make or break a song, you know? um, Yeah. Like I think really all the credit goes to Kubara on that because it could have been a cool song with the original beat. You know, the original beat was like a Georgia Smith type beat. It had like a really nice kind of Latin garagey kind of vibe. Um, But he took it to a whole new dimension and also injected, you know, a little bit of culture and identity into it, which I really appreciated. So yeah. Shout out to Kubara. Yeah. So this is, this is the, this is related to the first question I asked you earlier about, um, could the music have been made outside of, outside of Cairo? Um, because this type of song in the beginning, it has, like you said, that like garage, like uh, Latin, it has like vestiges of that. That's sort of like Brazilian um, thing going on in the background. And then at some point it like comes in hard with the, <laughs> with the Arab drums. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. That's actually so like, honestly, when you asked me that question, I didn't even think about it in the sense of like the actual music. I was more thinking of like the writing right you're absolutely right like i there are certain there are certain kinds of songs that you can't make unless you have you're working with somebody who has that kind of background right or that kind of music and different music cultures and stuff so yeah actually now that makes me sad i'm gonna have to like take a bar with me to america um okay let's listen to the second one um which is not on the ep i don't believe is honey butter on the ep it is. it is okay so honey butter butter is the first song i ever heard of yours oh, cool. um and it's like uh it's so good so look, tell us a little bit about about honey butter before we listen to it okay so honey butter is also one of my favorites um alhamdulillah super proud of it also produced by kubara like the entire ep and it is basically a song about it was you know what's crazy is actually it was originally a completely different song like the hook was the same but the verse was like super random it was like it was like just a random weird song and then kubara reproduced it and the beat that he reproduced was so cool i was like you know i need to come harder like i need to write a different verse and at the time i was working a job that I was just like getting sick of, bro. I was like, I'm so over this nine to five life. Like, this is just not me. Like, I can't do corporate. I just can't. Like, I'm not, I'm not for that kind of structure. I don't even believe in that system. You feel me? So I like, I 
the beat was ready. And then I think I came home one day from like a really shitty day at work. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear. A really crap day. <laughs> and um, it just ended up being a song about how to kind of like recenter and reconnect with yourself and like with your soul, even through the trials and like tribulations of corporate work life. So that's what it's about. As a, and also, by the way, specifically in the context of being a woman, which I think like completely is like a different lens to see through, to see yeah. things. So here we go. Hope you like Can it. I ask you about the name before we get started? Yeah, Honey Butter. Did, uh, yeah. Let me, let me ask you a specific question. Um, was the name always Honey Butter or how long did it take until you said, oh, this, the, the title of this track is actually Honey Butter? No, it's funny as it was always, no, sorry. When I first wrote it with the other verse, it was called 3AM, right? And then that, I scrapped that verse. So I was like, I, I, but I kept the hook. So I was like, okay, Honey Butter, the song is called Honey Butter. Okay, so good. All right, let's listen to this. Um, for those who can't see the screen, this is also on this is on YouTube. You can find it on Nadine's YouTube channel.
so good thank you thank you thank you thank you it's so so good um you. you are so in the pocket it's crazy thank you i'm shocked oh no i appreciate it so much that really means the world to me i'm like i'm honored to hear that that like hearing a reaction like that like never ever ever gets old so bless you bless yeah you. no you're you're so in the pocket and it's so groovy and you have this like jill scott type vibe going on it's so good no dude like that oh my gosh that means everything to me because like that's the goal like that's you know that's the dream is to like these artists are like so classic and like timeless and elegant like they just like they're still talked about do you get what i'm saying like that's literally yeah. The dream so yeah that makes me so happy to hear i really appreciate that more than you know thank you and can we just talk about that baseline what the oh my God. Okay. <laughs> what a crazy baseline trust i need to shout out Malawani. so kubara produced this right but the really cool thing about kubara and like all our friends is like we have these musician friends who come in and they like just like do cool stuff on the songs right so who is the bassist please his name is Malawani. i'm literally gonna type his oh my god Onto, that's his Instagram. Follow him. This is Kubara's Instagram. Like these are musicians who are so skilled at their crafts, and like it's just an honor to work with them. Is too. Kubara playing those? Is he playing the keys on it? Yeah, he's playing the keys okay. on everything. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he has. He's like, he's just like all major seventh chords, nuts, yeah. <laughs> nonstop. He loves like the fact that she points that out he would laugh because like he always sees that himself so he's like here i go again with major seventh it's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he sounds great i mean you guys uh had you been working together before this project at all how did you guys get connected so basically like i was in egypt once on holiday right and we were like going from Alexandria to Cairo, something happened. We stopped at a gas station and we were right in front of like the pyramids. And so I posted it on my story and he had already been following me. And he was like, yo, like my studio is like right behind there. And you know how it is when you're like a girl working, yeah. you know, music, you know, any, any, any guy who DMs you like, yo, like I have a studio come through, you know, and like chill. I, like, <laughs> you're like, I've heard this before. <laughs> I don't know you and like we don't have any mutuals and like I haven't like fact checked background checked you with like some of my other friends and I don't know who you are then chances are like with all due respect I'm not probably going to reply to the message but then what ended up happening is that a friend like a mutual friend of ours did tell me about him and did connect us so then I did message him and I was like yo I actually moved to Egypt let's hang invite me to studio and this is when i told him about the ep i told him that i had a cairo jazz gig coming up it was like my first gig in egypt he was like i'm gonna bring your band together i'm gonna 
produce your entire EP. And we've been working together like wildfire since then. It's been a blessing. He's great. A very dear friend. Sounds like he needs to be on Cordicons pretty soon. Yes. Um, amazing. So I'm curious, stylistically, a song like this, you were talking about like singing verse, uh, verse rapping. Um, are there ever, are there ever times where you don't really want to, uh, you know, you don't want to rap a verse, but you're like, I guess it, it needs one, but I don't feel like this makes sense. Or like, do you ever like hit some writer's block in that, in that space? Or does the construction of the song always come together perfectly? Like you're like, oh, I, I get exactly how this is supposed to go. Man. Okay. So that's such a great, like, first of all, I just want to say these are really great questions and I'm so loving this conversation. Thanks, it's giving, it's like a kind of depth that I really have never experienced before with like conversations like these. So thank you. Um, but honestly, like, I want to say that the structure of a song has always just kind of fell into place, but I'll also be very honest. And this is where I feel like I want to grow as an artist is that I work very kind of intuitively and I'm trying to shift into working from a more intentional space and actually pushing myself to really experiment and mess around with things and be like, you know what? I know this came to me intuitively and I like it, but how can we make it better? What can mm -hmm. we be, what can we add? What can we take away to really make this, you know, a good, a good song that is catchy, that stays in people's minds, that ticks all the boxes, you know? And I'll be honest, I don't really feel like I'm there yet. I have a song, a couple of songs that come close. Like I think Honey Butter is a song that comes close to like a really good structure. It's catchy. I think it's nice to play in the background. It's nice if you want to just listen to it. But um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still getting there with the whole, with the whole structure thing. But there have been times where like I'll be writing and it feels like something needs a rap first, but I don't want it to come from me. And then I'll hit up a friend and I'll be like, yo, like, can you jump on this? And then there are times where like, I don't hear rap on it at all. And I really, and that's fine with me because I love singing and I love like the kind of indie vibe. So, yeah. Yeah. So I have on the screen Pac-Man, which is one of your older songs. Um, when you hear that song versus when you hear Honey Butter, are you like, oh, I was on a totally different thing back then. I was, the ingredients I was listening to or sort of putting in my head, um, ended up got me to cook a different type of dish and mm -hmm. I can hear those ingredients. I see those ingredients. Oh my God. I was on this type of uh, tip back then. Yeah, no, it's super cool. It's such a, I I'll be very honest. Like I know probably most artists don't like to admit to this because it sounds self-centered, but I love listening to my music and I love listening to Oprah. good for you. I, I love that you're admitting this because it's for sure true for most people. <laughs> Right. Which is like, I don't think there's any shame in it because like, look, of course at, not. Right? at the end of the day, like if I don't like my stuff, if I don't see the value in my own work, like, why am I even doing this? Do you get what I'm saying? Like certainly 100%. not. You know? I like, I, I often listen to my old stuff and like, it's actually what motivates me to continue. Cause I listen to my old shit and I'm like, Oh, fire. Like no cap. Like, <laughs> people are on this. Like, hey, Here's the thing is like, as much as I can recognize where I have potential and I love my writing and I love my lyrics, alhamdulillah, and I love what I talk about. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's always great on that side. I think where I've, where there's room for growth 
is definitely like, you know, these old songs that I have, I literally like mix them myself, right? They were recorded on like crappy equipment, crappy, you know, uh, environment, which is like never an excuse for how bad something is supposed to sound. But that being said, and this is something I will die on this hill. I don't care how bad it sounded or like how unprofessional it is compared to this newer stuff. I'm so glad that I put it out there anyway, because I just you're constantly waiting for the right time for something to be like ace level you're just never gonna grow do you get what i'm saying 100 like, you're never you're never gonna like now i know okay those may have sounded good to me at the time now i know what sounds better and there will be something in the future that sounds better than what i'm making now but that doesn't mean that i'm gonna not put out what i'm making now because i know something better will come you know it's just like yeah well okay so i i agree 100 with what you're saying there's one thing that i would adjust um, which is, and you, you alluded to this, you are like, I was recording on crap, uh, uh, equipment, which is, I know not an excuse for it, not sounding good. I actually think it is an excuse for it, not sounding good. However, I don't think it's an excuse for not putting it out. And that's where I think people screw up. I think wow. people are like, Oh, I don't have everything perfect. I shouldn't, you know, I can press record, but I, I shouldn't press upload. And it's like, no, you should a hundred percent press upload. That's precisely what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds it, you're working with what you're you're working with, um, but you know, to you absolutely. Like, we're never gonna have everything that we need or everything that we want. I'm not gonna not make music million yeah. dollar studio. It's ridiculous, you know. I know, I bro, I used to like I before I was writing songs, I used to record covers to Lana Del Rey songs, like with background vocals and harmonies. Yeah. every Garage Band with like my earphone mic, you know. And I know yeah, people. For sure. Lacey made it a whole album on his phone. You know, there's, there's ways when there's a will, there's a way. A hundred percent. And it's, it's funny because like, sometimes I'll go back and look at stuff I made like once upon a time and be like, Oh yeah. Like I made that in like, like if it was like some like, <laughs> like visual thing, like I made that in like Microsoft paint, you know, yeah. and you're like respect. I actually respect myself even more for that. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did that. I made that at work on the work computer in PowerPoint because I didn't have access to anything else, you know? And you rate yourself for it. And it just gives yeah, you for sure. in like your own journey. It's super important. Super important. 100%. Okay, so let's listen to the last track and then we'll do the quick Q&A. The last track is also from the EP. It's Say So. Um, so tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, okay. So this is the last track on the EP. Uh, again, Culture Placidity out October 21st. And um, I know I've been saying this about every track that we play, but it really is like one of my favorite tracks because um, it's special because, again, I had actually rewritten. I rewrote the hook. The original hook was um, like on a kind of like freestyle that I put out like over a year ago. And it's special because I put a video out to like, a version of this song. And I remember Sea Noise, which is like a music publication based out of Egypt. They cover music like over the whole region. They reposted that video because I, I did the video in Zemalik, which is like an area in Cairo. And that got me so many eyes. Like it was through that video, through this song that got me my Cairo jazz gig, that got me like in touch with like, you know, a couple of really cool people in the industry. Um, I think it's also how Kabara reached back out and was like, yo, like you're here and stuff. So 
that's crazy honestly now that i'm thinking back at it so it's like a really special song for that reason and also it's just like vibes i love it kubara like again did something crazy with the beat uh the song and the entire ep represents fire it's like really like boss energy so yeah anyway i'll let you guys hear it i hope you like it i love it okay let's listen to say so Obscene, watch how I play. Pick up these days, everybody wants something. Traffic, cause we all out rushing. Gridlock, isn't it ironic? Yeah. And there's much of it from the faucet. City and just like it's been forgotten. Me and my crew brought rooms, we on it. Used to wanna be iconic. Burn that, what a wanna be assumption. I'ma do me no matter what the outcome is. Stay cooking, I'm an alchemist. Turn copper to gold on riches like what's up. Okay. 
Who is playing drums? Yo, Charles, that's Mickey. That's Mickey. Mickey is a drummer. Egyptian Anderson drummer. Pack vibes on right. a thousand. Right? No, he killed it. And like, I, I have to give both Kubara and Mickey the credit for that because, you know, Kubara brought him in the studio, kind of told him what to play, and Mickey killed it. But then also Kubara like chopped it up and like kind of sure. made it, you know what I mean, from the session. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. He, the drums on that track is just like, and the beat switch ups and just like, yeah, there's so every single track has all these different sections. It's amazing. Especially like in an era where people like so often just loop four bars for an entire song. Exactly. <laughs> so there's two things at play. One, none of these just have like a four bar loop that just like runs forever. And two, like shout out to real instruments exactly the whole thing yeah. is so organic and that's what i love about it there's also some guitar in there yeah of course and like what's crazy and what's amazing is like these guys are all in my band you know what i mean like when we perform live we perform live together so like they're also adding their own elements and like the tracks and it's just like it's such a blessing bro like working with musicians is like a different level. That's my dream. Like, I don't even want to work with just like one producer. I want to work with musicians, like being yeah, a yeah. band, you know? Have you performed the EP live? Like all the way through? Next Friday, next Thursday, it's happening. Where? Our jazz club, Aguza. Oh my God. How amazing. I, I, I wish I could teleport and be there. Um, but hey, you're in New York, right? I'm in New York right now, but I'm going back to Beirut soon. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, if I, I'm going to be in America, so if I ever do a band show in New York. Well, so more on that later. I'm going to hit you up because I have a, a project idea for you after this. Oh, sure. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I want to ask a, another question about um, some of your influences because I keep on like throwing influences at you saying like, oh, this is obviously this, this is obviously that. But um, yeah. if you were to say... Um, what sort of um, what sort of groups influenced this EP most at the time? Um, is it different than your older music? Where you're like, oh, I was listening to so much, you know, um, Anderson Pack the entire time, mm. or like, is there something? Are there specific ingredients that you're like, oh, this is what influenced this the most? That's such a good question. You know, I'm really trying to think. <laughs> Not even like, okay, so The Woods, which we didn't play, but it's on the EP, is a very Travis Scott inspired, 100% Scott Rihanna inspired. Um, Gravity, I would say, kind of Georgia Smith inspired, which was which happened because it was a Georgia Smith type beat. So I was kind of like channeling her vibe and like vocal energy on that. Uh, say so can't really place anything on that uh what else honey butter honey butter i don't know that was like i guess maybe a kind of like doja cat ish vibe but that would just be me making stuff up because honestly and this is like a blessing to say is like it does happen where i sit down and like i write with an artist in mind because i'm kind of trying to channel their energy but more often than not i'm sitting down i'm channeling my own energy which is like a blessing um, cause I feel like you should just be yourself when you're creating, you know? Tell me what you look like when you write, like act, I literally mean visually look like, like, are you sitting cross-legged, cross-legged on the floor writing, um, on your phone? Are you like 
typing notes? Do you have a pen and paper? Are you just like walking around, listening to a podcast, thinking in your head, like actually set the scene? What does writing look like when you're like, I'm writing a song right now? It's literally me cross-legged on my bed, like bent over a laptop, like a crazy person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Typing away. Um, or I have a notebook and I'm like, you know, writing on my lap and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always like sitting down and then it's it's so funny. And this is like, this is hilarious. There'll be moments where like, I'm stuck and like, sorry to be graphic, but like, I'll just go pee or something. You know what I mean? And then, an idea for a line there's something about going to the bathroom that inspires me in, in closed spaces and closed spaces always help me write it's like go into a small place and you're like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's where it comes from like you know like out of that space or like washing dishes i'll think of something like yeah. when i'm doing mundane tasks that's when like i get inspired it's so weird for sure okay let's do the quick q a and then if there are any questions from the audience we will go from there so the first question is what are you reading or watching these days Ooh, okay reading um i'm reading a book called the lonely city the lonely city by olivia lang i think her name is uh which is a really beautiful book um about it's like kind of written and like prose but it's it's nonfiction. And it's just this woman who moves to New York um, for a relationship. The relationship ends up ending. So she's in New York by herself. She already moved her whole life in London. And she's kind of analyzing the concept of loneliness through uh, different artists like Andy Warhol, for example. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's, I haven't finished it yet, but it's really beautiful. I love, I love nonfiction books. Um, so that's one thing that I'm reading. Also reading a book by Safi Hilo called um, Home is Not a Country, which... Oh, I- this was on Africa Book Club. We had her, we interviewed her about it. I love Safiya. She's Sudanese. I love her so much. That book, I, I'm still, it's taking a long time to get through it, not because it's a difficult read, but because it's so emotional. So I, I cry yeah. like everything. So it's to the side right now. Yeah. And that was one of one of our my favorite book club interviews. So anyone reading it, go check out the interview. It's really good. And then watching, I just watched Seinfeld. To be honest, I love Seinfeld. Nice. Okay. Um, who would you love to shadow for a day, from past or present? Past or present? Um. Damn. I can't. Like, honestly. Probably some, I can't name a name right now, but somebody, somebody in the music business, I maybe like Rick Rubin would be super cool to shadow for a day. I feel like he's yeah. super cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, what do you think people most misunderstand about your work? Oh my God, this is such a great question because I actually came across somebody recently who like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm an artist and whatever. And then he started listening to my stuff in front of me and he looked at me and he was like, so you hate men? I was like, what? <laughs> where did you get that from, bro? And I think it's because I'm very vocal about how I feel about the patriarchy that like, you know, somebody yeah. might assume that I hate men. Not the case, not the case at all. I, I actually have so many very dear male friends. Um, I'm so close to my dad. I like, I love men. I think men are fantastic. It's a system that we're raised in as a society that I dislike and how it disproportionately affects women and kind of brings men into like this really weird toxic place, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's a important one too. Um, 
Who would be your dream collaborator from the past? Oh, from the past. I mean, it could be Erica Badu. Yeah, but from the past, like, ooh, like Nina Simone. Huh? Nina Simone. Let me let me change let me change the question for you for a second. If you could only sing on a track with a collaborator who's going to rap or only rap on a track with a collaborator who's going to sing, what would you choose? If I could only rap on a track with somebody who's going to sing, then definitely like Erica would do it for sure. I feel like that would be fire. Um, if I was going to sing, probably like Kendrick. Kendrick. Okay. Amazing. My last question is, uh, I have to ask you, uh, top five dead or alive? Rappers? Yeah, or artists. I'll, I'll broaden it. I mean, it should be rappers, but or artists. I'll broaden it. I can't do rappers because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get flamed for whatever I say for sure. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, so just artists in general. Okay, so again, this is a very very personal list to me. Um, Lana Del Rey, love her writing, always stand by that. Um, Lauren Hill, love her singing and her rapping. Uh, Erica Badu is just vibes. Uh, Doja Cat, I honestly think is like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I freaking love her. And Have you seen Doja Cat dance, by the way? That's what I'm saying, bro. She's she is a, an unbelievable dancer. Like, this woman is so talented. Like, people need to stop sleeping on her. Like, I know she's like a huge mainstream artist, so nobody's really sleeping on her, but I feel like people are not really understanding, like, bro, like, this is, she's amazing. She writes her own stuff. Like, she's just so sick. Anyway, she is crazy talented, this woman. And then I, I was going to say Kendrick Lamar, but I actually want to take this opportunity to put you guys onto an artist who's super sick. His name is Black Odyssey. And he's, he's going to blow up. He's going to be huge. He's already quite big. But listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type it in here because he is like such a soulful, incredible artist. Um, he has this album called Black Vintage. Check it out. It's top five for me. Cool. So that is B-L-K-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. Yeah. Um, okay, great. We, we have two questions in the chat. Um, one is from Ayman, and it says, Say So was my personal favorite. Just wanted to ask Nadine to draw on a defining moment that affected her writing process as an artist. Oh, my gosh. First of all, thank you so much for saying that. I'm so glad Say So resonated. And thank you for taking the time to you know ask a question. I appreciate it. Um, there was definitely a defining moment that affected it, and I have a friend of mine named Lara to thank for this. Lara um, is a Palestinian American friend of mine who's currently living in like DC and she's very spiritual. We had a five hour conversation one day in July, 2020. She taught me so much about spirituality and like astrology and, and channeling and just connecting with God and connecting with your higher self. And that was a really, really transformative conversation for me because I started to see writing for like what it was as like kind of channeling from God. And I started to see writing with like a whole different purpose in terms of like the kind of message that I'm relaying to people and, you know, how people feel when they consume my work. So that was, yeah, that was a huge defining moment. Thank you for asking. Amazing. We have another question from Hassan. Do you have any favorite features with other singers? And who would you like to collab with next? 
Thank you, Hassan, for asking. That's really a really good question. Um, I have like I have quite a few features with other singers. Actually, I have a song with Odyssey, Sudanese artist, and Narsi. We're on one track. Um, Narsi had its uh, album called Space Time uh, Ultra, and we're, I'm on that. It's a song called How Could I? And I love, love, love that track. I have uh, music with a group called The Circle, Sudanese artists based all over the world. Um, a really cool song with an Egyptian artist named Gamiano called Movie. So yeah, I've definitely worked with other artists, which I love to do, and I hope to continue doing so. Who I would like to collab with next, definitely dreaming for like a Black Odyssey collab, Iman Zajari, Feluka, that kind of vibe. Cool. Um, thank you so much. We have one last question. I'll, I'll uh, squeeze this in. This is from uh, Jafar. How supportive is the scene around you? How is the sound? Uh, how is your sound and the hip hop in general received in Cairo? Thank you so much for asking. That's an incredible question because yeah, I great question. Especially being doing English music in in an Arab country is like uh, it didn't it didn't work out as well as I hoped. To be honest, like I mean, it's alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I've been receiving so much love and support. Um, people are amazing, but it's definitely I think the market here is not yet open to receiving, I think, my style of music. And not in a hostile way, but more so it's just like not where they're at, you know? It's like predominantly um, Arabic speaking. They love artists like Abu Yusuf, Marwan Musa, Marwan Pablo, Abu Noir, Perry. And, you know, those are the people who are really thriving in, in this scene, which is beautiful to see. So yeah, but that being said, people have been incredibly supportive. I would never take that for granted, so yeah. Hope that answers your question. So cool. Um, Nadine, I am a huge fan of your music. Um, and I hope that we get to meet in person one day and hopefully we figure something out. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. Thank you for the incredible questions, the conversation, Africa. Much love to the team. Much love to everybody who took the time to tune in. Really meant the world to have you here. And I can't wait for this to be out. Exciting. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, this will go out tomorrow on YouTube and on our podcast. We have three other interviews this week we have basil um uh, Randur, the uh, the director of the alleys we have yeah we have so much going on so please go check out the website um nadine this was awesome Just thank you so much hey i hope you enjoyed that episode if you'd like to learn more about what we do go to hafikita.com where you can learn about our zoom events our live events in 30 different chapters around the world our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikda.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. <laughs>